Just Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together twice a week and we chew on God's word for your encouragement and edification. And this week we've got Sean Duncan in with us. It's Hello, me. It's you. What's up, Chris? I am so happy you're here. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. I'm glad I'm, I got invited back. Yeah. <laughs> I try to I try Every to push week. the edginess yeah. each week. Um, this week I have a, a mullet and I'm wearing cut off jeans and yet Chris still invited me into his office. Just you've, kidding. You've got a, an attire for radio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought for sure we'd get canceled over some of our episodes, but we're still here. So um, we are in uh, Matthew still. We're doing Sermon on the Mount still. So yep. Walking get us through. caught up on where we're at this week. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure, I didn't double check, but I think we're over halfway through the Sermon on the Mount at this point, as far as like Whoa. word count and and time. Yeah. We're, so we're in chapter chapter six. The Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' longest recorded teaching in the book of Matthew, from Matthew chapter five to Matthew chapter seven. Uh, he is teaching his disciples. His disciples have come to him as he has sat down and now he's teaching them. And he starts off first before telling them to do anything tells them who they are, that they are blessed, that they're the salt of the earth, that they're the light of the world. And then he begins to tell them who he is, that he is not abolishing the law. He's not starting a new religion. He's actually fulfilling the Old Testament and bringing us to completion. And he gives tons of examples of what that actually looks like to bring the Old Testament law into completion and how he's fulfilling it. Um, and now chapter six, he's he's turned his focus towards what it looks like to practice righteousness um, as a follower of Jesus you are made righteous by the blood of Christ. Um, as a follower of him, we, we believe and we trust in Jesus's work on the cross. And that makes us righteous before God. And, and in our being made righteous by God's grace, we then are also growing into this righteousness where we begin to align our life patterns with what we actually are. And that's practicing righteousness. So we've talked so far about um, giving to the needy. We've talked about praying. And those are just, those are things that Jesus assumed his followers were doing, but he was correcting how to do those things and why to do those things. And this week we are talking about fasting, something that he assumes his followers are doing. So is that like taking a break from my favorite TV show? Well, to quote, to misquote Ricky Bobby, I want to fast. <laughs> I want to fast. No, I want to go fast. I want to go fast. Will Ferrell. Okay. Gold. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you bring up a great point where we have um, culturalized or like contextualized fasting into like, I take a break from my phone or mm-hmm. I'm fasting from Instagram or I'm fasting from, from shopping at Trader Joe's because it's so expensive or something like that. Yeah. And what we mean is you're taking a break from those things. That's not what the word fast means at all in the Bible. Um, That is like an application of the word, I guess. Like you could say I'm fasting and we all know what you mean. You mean you're taking a break. But the literal sense of the word fast means stopping eating. Mm -hmm. You stop eating. (laughs) You know, uh, breakfast, that first meal of the day, it's breaking your fast. (sighs) That's why it's called that. Uh, So um, once you have dinner and then you have like second, third desserts, and then you stop eating <laughs> for the night and you go to sleep, your body goes into a state of fasting where you're just, it's been a while where you've had food. And at some point when you have that first meal, it like sparks your metabolism. And then your body also starts producing, um, Oh, what's it called? Um, penicillin, mm. right? Pen- 
Right? Isn't that what... Um, no, penicillin is... What diabetics take? Yeah, medicine. Um, you're thinking of... What am I thinking of? Uh, my family dog is diabetic. What do we give? Well, I don't, but what does my family members give? But you know what I'm talking I about. I know what you're talking like, about. Yeah. Diabetics, their body doesn't produce it, so they need to Insulin. Insulin. Yes. Boom, 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 boom. The lights are flashing in here. Confetti is falling from the sky. I did it. Insulin. Yes. Your body naturally produces insulin once you you start eating food. Diabetics, their body doesn't do that. We have spiritual insulin. Is that what Will that preach? Well, I'm just saying there are things that all of a sudden, like your body like kicks into gear once you start eating again. Your body starts doing things. Um, so fasting just means you're not eating or maybe even not drinking depending on, on what it is. Um, so that is the basic meaning. And Jesus is assuming people are doing these things. Fasting was a very common practice in the first century for this predominantly Jewish community that is Jewish people that Jesus is speaking to. And throughout the old Testament, fasting is, is something that is visibly seen. Um, it's, I'm, pretty sure there's not commands for fasting, but there's mentions of their fasts that mm. they're doing. Um, predominantly fasts are being done out of um, a posture of lamenting, of like mm. uh, expressing um, sorrow or sadness. Something that people do when they're sad is they fast. Um, but there are a few exceptions uh, in the Old Testament. One that I can think of is in the book of Esther. Um Esther, uh, she she becomes the queen through random, very crazy random circumstances, mm-hmm. and then um, all the king wants to kill all the Jewish people, and she's Jewish, you know, so yeah. she wants to save the people. Um, so she's going to make the bold move of going into the courts, uh, the king's court chambers, and making this request: let the people live. And that's like totally illegal to do to go into the court chamber. So before she does it, she asks all the people. Um, to fast for three days and for three nights while her and like her, like her girls also fast for three days and three nights. Um, it's a posture of petition before God. Like hmm. you're taking that time that you would normally eat and you're setting it aside and then you're praying instead and your physical longing becomes um, a reflection of a spiritual reality. Hmm. So I've been pretty hungry before, Chris, you ever? You know, every once in a while, I let myself get a little hungry. And, and what happens is when you become hungry, if you're actually f- personally and intentionally putting yourself into that position, your hunger is supposed to be a, an external or like a physical reflection of an internal reality. And at the same time, you're actually instructing your like internal reality how to long for God. Mm-hmm. So my hung- my physical hunger is supposed to train my spiritual hunger and my physical hunger is supposed to reflect my spiritual hunger. So that's the, the purpose of, of fasting. Mm-hmm. So you fast to um, long for and depend on God. Most of the time it's when people are sad or lamenting or um, they have some like annual seasons like where, where they are fasting. Um, but right in the book of Matthew, you have the example of Jesus, first person in the book of Matthew to fast. And he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, I need to go to it because it's like one of the best verses in the Bible. I think it's in Matthew 4. Well, let me turn there. Um, oh, yeah. So good. Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wow. good. Wow. I would have missed that if that wasn't in there. <laughs> I know. It's so good. 
like I don't know. I don't. I, maybe it is nice that that's included because like, Jesus isn't a superhero right here. Like right. he really, he really is someone fasting for forty days, forty nights, <laughs> and he's so hungry. And then he gets tempted by Satan. Right. Um. But the those forty days, forty nights, it's right after he was baptized, and then the the spirit leads him into the wilderness. But he's not he's not lamenting anything in that that account. Like he he's just fasting. So it's a spiritual discipline. Um, a, a, an outward and physical longing that reflects and instructs the internal longing. Mm-hmm. That's so. That's what Jesus is going to talk about. And here we go. This is Matthew chapter six, verses sixteen through eighteen. And when you fast, when you fast, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites or the actors, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Hmm. So pretty similar to the last um, two that we've looked at with yeah. the the giving and the fasting. It has the same repetitive um, meter to it of the hypocrites or the Gentiles. They're doing it to be seen by others. That's their reward. But you should do it not to be seen by others, but to be seen by your father who sees in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So that's always like the beat of mm-hmm. of this teaching. Um, but here's what's happening. Some people are fasting or pretending to fast. And they're like, I don't know, maybe like taking like some dirt or ash and rubbing it in their eyes. So their eyes look really dark and hollow and they're, they're walking around maybe still like, oh, I'm so hungry from being so <laughs> righteous as I fast and I pray to the Lord. So it, it's just a show. Yeah. Like it's a show. So again, this whole section, like chapter six verses one through 18, it, it's like really keying in on motivation. Like, What is your motivation? Who do you want to be seen by? Mm-hmm. Are you more concerned with being seen by the people around you or by the God who created you? Mm-hmm. That's like the core question that Jesus is putting right in front of his people every time. But some people, they, they are fasting or maybe they're not, but they are fasting and it's just a show. It's just to be seen. They're talking about it nonstop. Like, like, you know, it's nine in the morning, you're at the, like the, your office meeting and you're going around the table like, Hey, how's everyone's morning going so far? Uh, and someone's just like, Oh man, it's just been really tough. Well, I'm doing this fast, you know? And Oh man, it's been really <laughs> challenging, but you know, I love the Lord. So I'm doing it. And it's yeah. like, good buddy. Like <laughs> so proud of you. Good on yeah. you. I, I, we all want to be like that, <laughs> so, but he's not docking fasting. Mm-hmm. Like he's not down on fasting. He's just down on, on doing really good things for really bad reasons. Yeah. But he does say the attention you get is the reward. Like you've won the thing that you're after. So it's not like he's saying you're, you're missing out on what you want. He's like, you get your reward that you want, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. You get the thing that you want. Mm -hmm. I think, and this is a side note, part of God's wrath, and God's judgment that we see all throughout scripture is him handing people over to their own desires. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of the big like themes of Jeremiah 25, which is um, where we get the the idea of the cup of wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this idea of God handing the, the nations a cup of wine, like something desirable, something that you use to celebrate. And as they take the thing that they want, they actually lose a sense of their humanity and it destroys them. This is also Paul's idea in, in Romans chapter one, that, the, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven right now, currently, 
by God handing people over to their desires, by handing people over to the passions of their flesh, and by handing people over to their own choices. Mm-hmm. That um, sometimes the the most cruelest judgment that God can serve on someone is to just let them decide for themselves. Yeah. That's pretty scary. That is scary. So the person who wants the attention, mm-hmm. you've received your reward. You've gotten the thing that you want. But the person who wants to be seen by their father who sees in secret can also have that. It's interesting that you bring that up because it provides a little bit of context when we can look around and see people seemingly living the life that they want to live in, mm-hmm. and, and they don't honor the Lord. Their mm-hmm. lives don't reflect that. And it can be tempting for Christians to go, God, why, why does so-and-so have it so good? Like they, they blaspheme your name. They don't care. They live in debauchery and I'm faithful and I'm suffering. Mm-hmm. And so it, that's just an interesting kind of framework maybe to think through those yeah, I've feelings. heard I've heard it said before. I really appreciate it. Like it's a good in that experience of like looking at someone who's not a Christian and it seems like they're living like a pretty lavish posh lifestyle. The non-believer right now in this life is experiencing the most amount of heaven they ever will. Right. And the Christian right now in this life is experiencing the most amount of hell they ever will. Mm-hmm. Like we only have up to go from here. Yeah. <laughs> and and for the non-believer they only have down to go from here. Mhm. So, yeah, uh, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed to us. So uh, we actually have it pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So then then he moves on and he says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. So anointing your head, anoint usually refers to oil and anointing is like the pouring out of oil on the head um, and then wash your face. Basically, he's like saying, um, take a shower and put some makeup on, like make yourself look presentable. You know, look like you would any other day. Yeah. Um, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who sees in secret. So your appearance here, here's one, your appearance, um, does not uh, trick or deceive God. Mm-hmm. Like he sees what really is. Even if you don't look like you're fasting. Yeah. He knows you are. So, um, even if you look like you are fasting, he knows if you're not, mm-hmm. so, um, other places, you know, will say things like, um, Man looks at the outside, but God looks upon the heart. Right. That's what's going on here. God is looking upon the heart. So here is just like um, why I think we should fast. Why I think we should fast. Um, and that might be once a week, once a year. I don't know. Like you, you choose wherever the Lord brings you, but you should fast. Um, you should fast to train yourself. Um, you should you should fast because the physical longing that you have trains you um, towards a spiritual longing. As I long physically for food, I'm training myself for how I should long for God. And remember, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Training myself towards hunger teaches me how to long for God. Another reason, this isn't in, in the text, this is just like, I think something that is true. We should fast because it trains us to say no to the desires of our flesh. Mm-hmm. When you're fasting, if you say, I'm going to do a, a 17 hour fast or an 18 hour fast, you're, you're skipping multiple meals. There are multiple times throughout the day where you're like, I am so hungry. I could go down to McDonald's and for like $2, I could get a lot of food. Yeah. Or then you have to go through meal times where other people around you are eating and you're hungry and you want to say yes, but then you're learning to say no to the desires of your flesh. Well, man, how many people are struggling with the desires of their flesh? Maybe not with food, but with 
sexual temptation or, or, or something uh, 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 beyond just food yeah. related. Um, if someone can't fast from breakfast once a week, I would be hard pressed to think that they're going to be able to say no to pornography. Right. Um, sometimes there, there's been times uh, back when I was doing youth ministry where, where students were really struggling with something like that. And instead of just like trying to figure out, well, well let's like, let's smash your phone with a hammer and like get rid of that temptation. I actually started one time with, Hey, do you want to just fast with me once a week? We'll start there. Um, and over time he actually started getting victory. And we did, we, I wasn't connecting the dots for him, but over right. time he started getting victory in, in the, this area of lust and sexual sin that he was having because he was actually learning how to say no to the desires of his flesh through mm-hmm. fasting. So just practically speaking, it's beneficial in that regard. Um, another reason why we should all fast is is we should all fast to make time to, pr- to pray and to be dependent on God and to remind ourselves that man does not live off of bread alone, but on the word of God. So that's what Jesus says after he's fasted for 40 days, 40 nights when he gets tempted. And I think that's one reason why we should tempt, why we should fast too, is because it reminds our, it reminds us that we are not dependent on food. We are dependent on the bread of life, Jesus Christ. Um, so those are the three reasons. Is that three? Yeah. I think that's three. Those are three reasons why I think anyone should instill a practice of fasting at some point in their Christian life. Um, a few years ago, I did it every Wednesday. And Wednesday, at that time, that's when I had high school group uh, was Wednesday nights. <clears throat> and I would fast all day, like would not eat a single thing until after youth group. And I was doing it for two reasons. One, it was um, a seminary assignment was to to incorporate a spiritual discipline that we weren't currently practicing into our life and then like to write about how it went. So I picked fasting. And the reason I did it on Wednesdays was because in the evening when I was preaching, I wanted to remind myself that my preaching was not dependent on my own ability or energy. It was dependent on God himself. So every, every single Wednesday (laughs) I was like going into the moment of preaching of like, God, you got to do something amazing right now. because I'm so hungry and like my brain hurts. And it was a great, it was a great season. Like every every time I I would always walk away and be like, that was, that was great. That was a Mm -hmm. good message. Thank thank you God for for carrying, carrying that. It, It was really fun. And um, since then I've done it in different ways and at different times and at different, um, like frequencies, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think everyone should do it as a follower of Christ intentionally. Yeah. You know, you're not just saying, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to stop eating my breakfast cause I want to lose weight. Great, uh, health like trick, you know, to do sure. intermittent fasting, but not, that's not spiritual discipline. So, so using that time to either train yourself to long for God or to train your body to say no to sin or to create time to depend on and lean on God in prayer. Yeah. So that, those are why we should, we should fast. And when we do that, like for those aims, we are, are rewarded from our father who is in heaven and who sees in secret. Yeah. That's great. What a practical tool set that we have, especially around something that maybe there's misunderstandings mm-hmm. about and something that I think, um, like in agreement with you, that every Christian should do this thing, that it almost uh, dislodges you, I think, from some of the comfort or sedation that you have in your mm-hmm. life and kind of wakes you up a little yeah. bit and makes you depend on the Lord. Yeah, so, so take it full circle where you started like fasting from your phone or something. Mm-hmm. You can fast from your phone, if you're using that time for those same purposes. Yeah. You know, when I stop using my phone and I'm like, dang, I want to pick up my phone. 
well, I should be using that desire to train myself for how I should desire God. Mm -hmm. Um, I should be using that time where I'm saying no to the phone to train myself to say no to other desires of the flesh. And I should be using that time to pray. Yeah. And I think you make a good point that, that this isn't a matter of like, I'm fasting just to simply say I've fasted. Mm -hmm. Like the hunger is intentional to cause discomfort. Mm -hmm. And so if, I think if the phone is the thing that you've become dependent on mm-hmm. and it causes you discomfort to not have this thing in your hand staring at it scrolling, um, then I think you're right. Maybe that can be a realistic thing to go, no, this will actually hurt me mm-hmm. and will remind me of how weak of a vessel I am and how yeah. much you need the Lord. Yeah. Awesome. Sean, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And again, to misquote Ricky Bobby, I want to fast. I want to (laughs) fast. We will get you guys. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. Disciples.